Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking education matters today and we are talking to Dr. Katherine Jones, the principal of Prescott South Elementary School and Laura Shaver, school media specialist at Prescott South. Welcome to both of you. Good morning. You. Good, good to see you. Well, it's good seeing you both. And uh, Catherine, good to have you back. You've been on the program uh, previously. Uh, our listeners may not know much about either of you, though. So, Catherine, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about yourself. It's nice to be back. Thank you for having me. My name is Catherine Jones. I grew up in Cookville. I'm a product of the Putnam County School System, um, and I currently uh, I'm wrapped up my 30th year with the Putnam County School System last year. I attended Tennessee Tech University for my bachelor's degree, master's degree, and an EDS degree. And then I decided to go to Tennessee State University to get my doctorate degree. And I've taught fifth grade at Parkview, fifth grade at Prescott Central. And then I was an assistant principal at Prescott Central. And then I was awarded the principalship at Prescott Elementary. And this is our 13th year, which is hard to believe. It's that, nice to start another school year. That is hard to believe. And we're going to talk about your school and about Prescott being a, uh, a STEM target school as we go uh, through this interview a little bit. But Laura, how about you? What's, what's your background? I was um, raised in Linville, Tennessee. I went to Richland School. It's a K-12 school. It was. I came to Cookville to attend Tennessee Tech, finished my bachelor's degree with an elementary education focus, I married my husband, who also went to Tennessee Tech, completed my master's in library science, also at Tech, and stayed here because we liked it so much. I've taught for a total of 16 years, and nine of those I've been a librarian, and I have two personal children that are also in the school system. Well, that's great, and go tech, boy! We've got a tech family here today. This <laughs> mm-hmm. is this is this is great. Well, Dr. Jones, tell us a little bit about Prescott South Elementary School. We are a daycare through fourth grade campus. We currently have uh, just over about six hundred children. We serve. Uh, we're an inclusive campus, so we have several county programs that we house, as well as uh, general education classes, kindergarten through fourth grade. And as I said, this is our 13th year. It's amazing because it feels like it's still a new school, but um, we are established. <laughs> it's nice to start the year this year. Yeah, I think many people remember Prescott as the the old junior high school up in the middle of, of Cookville. And yes. Before that, the old Cookville High School it, in that building. It happens that's where my office is now. So oh, wow. Well, it's it's great to um, great to have you back and to talk about the school. Prescott has, since its beginning almost, enjoyed a status as a STEM platform school or a STEM target school. Talk about what that means, what that designation okay. means. Well, and on our campus, our STEM designation really references uh, design thinking as a just a problem-solving technique. And so we try to, instead of letting a, a problem stump us, we try to think of solutions to the problem and then ways to solve it. And that might be through, I could call it problem-based learning, project-based learning, classroom integration into the curriculum that we're using. But what we do, the students do at least one 
project per nine weeks that's integrated into their classwork. We have STEM as an encore class. We have family engagement events that are STEM-based. Um, we have one in the fall and one in the spring. The fall is math-based, and the spring is uh, reading literacy-based. But we try to integrate just thinking and problem-solving so that you don't accept things the way they are. You're always wanting to improve your environment. So STEM sort of sounds um, a little bit um, unique, but it, it's really problem-solving in a lot of ways. It stands for science, technology, engineering, and math, but it means a lot more than that in, in today's nomenclature. And it's good that elementary students are getting that focus on on problem solving. And Laura, tell us about your role as as a school media specialist and how that relates to the old titles of school librarian. Well, the role has definitely changed and libraries have changed as well with the rise in technology versus mainly books in the past. Um, we definitely strive to personalize um, all of our materials for helping students determine their interests and mapping the library to help them find what they need independently. Also teaching those reading standards as an extra support enrichment to classroom teachers and also exploring some of the students' other interests, such as art uh, and STEM with makerspace and computer um, games and things like that. So, Collaboration, too. There's a lot of collaboration yes. in your space. Yes. And that's, it's funny how the, um, the media centers have become a collaborative space over yes. time. Not a quiet space anymore. Yeah. Just during story time. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go to a cubicle in the library, and that those days are gone. And all you heard was, shh, everybody yeah. <laughs> be quiet. And yes. that's not what a library does today, no, is no, it? No, it's not. No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a team space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of innovation and excitement going on. Mm-hmm. And I would suspect these uh, elementary kids are loaded for bear when it comes to uh, comes to inquisitiveness. And, oh, yes. Yeah, they're... Uh, they always have another question to ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, both of you tell us how the launch of the new school year has gone. We're past that launch now, but tell us um, tell us how it's going. From my perspective, I, I feel like everything is off to a fantastic start. We have um, so many new families new to the area. We've hired teachers from Washington State, Kansas, Wisconsin, Texas, so my, the faculty has changed, and it's neat to have all their background to build upon, as well as just brand-new teachers to teaching who have graduated from tech. Um, we have, the with the population growth, uh, comes some challenges with traffic, and so we're working through those challenges, but the parents have been phenomenal and very patient. We sure appreciate it. And I would like to say, if... You do not have a school-aged child. You probably want to stay away from West Cemetery Road at 8 o'clock in the morning and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you in the library? I've had a great start, too. Um, a lot of these kids I've had for several years, so they can pretty much help themselves in the library, and it makes me so happy. Of course, I'm always there to help them, too, uh, multitasking, but um, they know their favorite spots, and they really like the traditions that we've been doing, and um so it's been a happy start. Yeah, that's great. I I have a um, a ten year old who attends. Um, at last year attended All Good Elementary, now in All Good Middle. But um, he took me to the the library, the public library, this summer, and um, 
I had a particular uh, genealogy thing I was looking for. He was the guy that navigated me through that library. He Fantastic. Knew I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That so is wonderful. They are comfortable in that environment, and it's great that you make it exciting for them and, yes. and let them let them get get comfortable. Talk a moment about the maker space. You mentioned maker space, and it, that's sort of a unique thing for a library, isn't it? It is. Um, whenever the word was first first came across, I thought, okay, what does this have to do with reading and books and it has to have something to do with reading and books and so when I first started it I was determined to do that and that's what I did and now it has grown to just seamlessly fit with what we're reading and and the lessons that we're talking about it's a space where the kids can explore they um, use teamwork they get out materials they make a mess they clean it up (laughs) <laughs> they see what works, see what doesn't, see who can make the tallest thing. Um, so it's really neat. And they also have their own ideas of how it ties to our literature, not just what I'm telling them. They're coming up with their own ideas. So it's a neat thing, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, if they're reading a book about dragons, they they may build a defensive fortress mm-hmm. that would stop a dragon right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's good engineering design experience yes. for them yes yes it is well that's great well i know you've had growth again this year so Catherine, how how many students are are at the school this year i checked enrollment today and pre-k through fourth grade we had 557 students so when we added in um, daycare we have over 600 kiddos on campus, which is a lot this time of year. We we landed uh, just over this at the end of last year, so I'm a little nervous as to what this year will bring because we usually – enrollment grows throughout the year, so, and we'll probably have another uh, pop of enrollment after Labor Day when people are moving to town or they don't realize that uh, we start so early in Putnam County or in Tennessee in general. So uh, I, I expect that – and you have people move to town all year long. Yeah, um, people don't move on a school schedule. They move on a, a professional schedule. Yeah, a work schedule or yes. or whatever. Well, where are they moving from? Where are some of the students that didn't spend their first couple of years in Putnam County? Where can you think of places they've, I've met they've stud- come from? We have um, we have a family that is actually a family with three sisters that have moved from New York City. Um, one of them came down mid-year last year, and then the two sisters have come to join. Um, we have uh, Austin, Texas. We have, well, we, we've we had people move from Nashville or from East Tennessee, just, you know, switching areas within Tennessee. Um, thinking through not a lot from Florida, but some from Florida. Uh, seems people tend to move from the north toward the south. Yes. Uh, uh, just if I were speaking of a trend, so more northern states to southern states. Uh, but they love the area. They say they come to visit, and their husbands or their wives, whoever comes first, say, no, we really need to look at this area and how nice the people are. And so I say, usually around here, if you're nice to people, they'll be nice back. So being nice first is really important. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a great experience. And I, I know, um, at least I would imagine, that a move from New York City to Cookville is is a profound move for those mm-hmm. folks, mm-hmm. and so that's um, that's a great experience in and of itself. 
Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking about Prescott South Elementary School, and we're talking to Laura Shaver and Catherine Jones. We'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We're talking about Prescott South Elementary School, and uh, we're talking to Principal Catherine Jones and Media Specialist Laura Shaver. For both of you, it's been a memorable last couple of years, historic last couple of years in in a lot of ways. So you're wrapping up that period. Uh, we're not finished with the pandemic um technically it's it's still with us but we're closer to normal and we've been in in years so how has uh how have your students adapted are they feeling about back to normal you want to take this one well i'll just say i noticed a big difference in the start this year everything was a lot smoother felt the most normal that we felt in a really long time so um, kids are comfortable and teachers are comfortable. So it's it's been a definitely a good start this year. Smooth. Yes. I've um I've been excited this year. Last year I remember I wanted to be excited and I was afraid to get excited. I was just it was almost like I was scarred. Um mm-hmm. so this year I felt that excitement and I've been more motivated. And I think almost having the negative experiences with COVID that we all experienced um, really helps me personally appreciate everything. So I appreciate being able to open the doors and I appreciate um, just the freedoms that we have. And so, as always, we encourage students to wash their hands. You know, we still have illness at school. As soon as the fair comes through, school opens. It's the great germ (laughs) exchange. But um, and so we have illness. But. It's uh, it it isn't scary like it was, mm-hmm. and it's a it feels a lot nicer. And the kids are excited. I remember how are we going to check out library books when we went remote, and it was so nice to have schools open last year. Corby did an amazing job leading all that, mm-hmm. um, Mr. King. We're thankful this year to just keep on. I'm ready to make history with our growth now. Amen. <laughs> I think we're just thankful to be able to do what we love to do all of it and not have to think of different ways to do what we've always done. I think we're more relaxed now Mm -hmm. than we've been in a while. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of having a good year, at your level, it seems to me that one of the most important things that goes on in elementary school uh, surrounds reading. Reading's just fundamental to what you all are doing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Um, reading is a lifelong skill, whether it's to use as a pastime or for finding information and learning more about things. It's not something that people can do without instruction. People can talk without instruction. They can learn to talk, but they cannot learn without instruction how to read. It's an important part of building independence. Like I said, with the library, it makes me so happy when they can find something they're looking for without me because they've got that confidence to go back and look again it and makes explore them new places. Doesn't yes, it? yes. I really can tell that what I'm doing is working when I see that. And um, like I always say, knowledge is power and and the best tool or gift that we can give our kids academically is the ability to read. I, I love the aspects of reading. Um, as a school system, we promote something called Read 20, and it means read independently or read with your child, but at least 20 minutes a day. And it just helps healthy brain development. It builds self-confidence. It's the bond with the family. Um, and we're human beings. We know everybody can't do that every day. But the more often you can do it, you feel better as a person with your family just spending that high-quality time together. Um, so that's huge. Putnam County, uh, that's our number one focus is reading. Reading, especially on grade level by third grade. And we are putting all the resources we can into making that a reality for our community. But we need everybody's help. We, we need the families at home to, to also participate and read what you like. You know, it's not something that's prescribed to you. Pick up a magazine, pick up a book, you know, read an article. Um, co- closed captioning on the television can help. Just But the magic starts in kindergarten. It's so neat to watch. And uh, kindergarten, you know, when I was young, I'm, I know I'm, I have more life experience now, but when I was young, kindergarten was more of a play socialization, and kindergarten is academic now. They hit the road running, and those kids are worn out at the end of the day because they have <laughs> worked hard all day long, mm-hmm. and then it just continues. So we're fortunate to have very talented educators teaching the children to read. Mm-hmm. And they come home excited that they can see a word and know what it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're happy to share that with yes. granddad yes. or with mama or whomever. And that, that continues pretty much all the way through school. I know my older granddaughter at All Good was uh, describing the, um, the vocabulary and, and literacy things that she was doing last week. And I thought... I don't think I hit those words till college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it is amazing what they uh, are being exposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, you, uh, again, uh, a STEM platform school, uh, you had mentioned previously that um, engineering design is um, can even be a, a focus in a class like English or in a study of something other than engineering. Tell us how that works. So basically, STEM integration is just using lots of tools in a toolbox. So it it can involve science, like you said, technology, the engineering design process, mathematics. And one of the ways that we choose to integrate STEM uh, at Prescott is often through a problem that arises in a piece of literature. So... Uh, most of the time, uh, a well-written story will have a climax with a problem. And so if you stop there at the top of the hill and you say, okay, how are we going to solve this problem? And and you don't continue reading. What might be possible solutions? What we do we know about this? Um, the the creativity and that the students are able to come up with and the problem-solving skills, it helps them think through 
problems in daily life. And so we try to, you know, a math problem is obviously called a problem, but then you use those math skills if you need to measure something, if you need to purchase something, if you need to create something. So there are all these collaborative skills um, that you're going to need to work as a team and you're going to have to, just like in life, you you take the jobs and you divide them out and then you have to come together to make something that works. And so... Um, Literacy is a natural place where that occurs to apply the other skills. And we tend to do it as a culminating activity so that they have learned the skills that they'll be applying, and then that gives them the opportunity to do that. And when you look at some of the prototypes that they develop, they may not look like a professional architectural um, prototype, but when you ask the child about it, the details and the information that's incur that's involved is um, extraordinary. They're, the human brain is amazing, and these children have so much ability. And so the ideas that they come up with, they're true problem solvers. And hopefully we're exposing another part of STEM is early career exposure. So we're trying to expose them to different careers so they're able to kind of make those decisions as they go, what their skill sets are, what do they enjoy, and then hopefully they'll want to do post-secondary experiences to promote those talents that they have and have a career that they love like we do. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I think one of the biggest things with STEM is um, teaching the kids how to have a growth mindset and no matter what they do, that how to react to mistakes and not give up. And um, reading is a way to learn from mistakes. That so, perseverance, sitting, no you know, reading... Uh, people talk about attention spans have gotten so much shorter. Um, we don't have attention span problems when a child's reading a book they love, which is uh, something to take note of. You might have an attention span problem if they've been on technology too long, but you won't have that problem if they're reading a book they love. That, mm -hmm. that is a great, great point. We are going to take a quick break. This is Local Matters, and uh, we will be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Laura Shaver from Prescott South Elementary School and Dr. Katherine Jones, principal at Prescott South. And we have been talking about literacy and reading and how important um, reading is. Uh, as much as we talk about technology, books are still important, aren't they, Laura? Yes, um, ask your kids about what they are reading. When they've had too much screen time, tell them to get out their books and read it to you. Model reading for them. Show them what you're reading about. Let them have real experiences out in nature that relate to what they're reading. And um, make reading hands-on. So if a kid brings home a cookbook, maybe make something out of the cookbook. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and I read a lot in, in front of the kids and not they're on screens a lot and I'm in a book, mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't realize how much that was impacting them till Father's Day and they gave granddad a t-shirt and it's on the back of it, it said, caution, spontaneously tells Civil War stories. <laughs> and, and I didn't major in history in college, but I think they think I did. Well, uh, yeah, we'll never get away from books. And so parents, when you can uh, read to or with your student or have your student read to you, uh, that's an important activity that you can be a partner with your, with your school on. Well, speaking of partnerships, I know you've got a lot of 
volunteers, local businesses, local organizations that help you in a school year. Talk about how they help. Yes, we are so fortunate in Putnam County to have such a, a rich resource bank of businesses within our community. We have, of course, parents, but there are also businesses, there are churches, there are Tennessee Tech students. We partner with the middle school, we partner with the high school. So it's fantastic to have a group of people that live in a community that they want to to help. And uh, like our PTO um, had some parents mention that they'd moved from out of town and they didn't know anybody. So they said, we're going to have a meet and greet at school. Um, and so last Friday they had a luau that was purely for families to get to know each other. Um, and a lot of people who moved to town needed to meet other people. And they intentionally structured the activities where you were sitting at a table with other families. They had food available. They had games. Like, you know, it was a fun activity for the children, but the adults also got to meet the other adults. And that's just a good feeling. It's a nice place to live. So many community partners. If Honestly, in this town, if you call someone up and you ask them for help, for partnership, to work a station, to teach students about something, very seldom do you get a no. They're, they are just willing to make it happen. And that makes me very proud of our town and our community and our school system. Mm-hmm. Laura, how about the media center? Do you, um, do you have partners that work with you in in what you do yes i do um i usually with family events um i'll have the book fair which is one of the favorite things that we do Uh, and i have lots of parents from the parent teacher organization that come and help on those days and um our family nights too and you partner with the public library also to make sure they have their library cards for the summer. Yes, um, right. we do that and I always tell them about the summer program going on at the library and um, give them suggestions of books to read and to get there. So mm-hmm. Great job. Well, let's talk about the folks that are there about every day, and that's your faculty, your, your teachers. Uh, boy, they've been through a, a challenging few years. Uh, it's been different than probably they ever will remember. These have been unique. And they didn't sign up for this pandemic kind of stuff. And uh, they didn't study how to get through it in in their college preparatory days. So they've been superheroes. Are they looking forward to an almost normal year this year? I, I feel like they are. They Teachers are excited. They're, um, it seems like everything is well-planned. Uh, if there are questions, they're asking them to make sure that we're all uh, half. The most important part of teaching is the preparation. And so we're making sure that we're aligned with the curriculum, aligned with the county expectations, and that we're understanding what the students know and what they need to know so we can teach them where they are with lots of personalized learning strategies. I personally am always proud of all of the teachers in Putnam County. Unfortunately, sometimes national media spotlights um, something that might be perceived as negative or something that may not be happening in our community, but it makes you afraid it is happening in our community. And um, once you get down to the teacher level, you can ask so many questions about what you see on the news. And they're like, no, absolutely not. You would never do that. <laughs> so we we live in a very good place. We're a, you know, pretty conservative as far as the teachers understand. We only get one childhood. We want the child to have a childhood. Um, and we we prefer things to be what I would call simple and um, and innocent as possible at school. And that's really what we try to teach and encourage and, and praise so that 
Um, the kids have a better day because they come to school. And that's not just true at our school. That's true at all Putnam County schools. I work, those are my professional peers. And I am always in awe of what happens at our leadership meetings, just how good all the people are that we work with. Yeah, I think Putnam County's really got a, a, a great team from from central administration to mm-hmm. all of the faculty and all of the teachers. So it's um, it's great to see that group of heroes at uh, at work mm-hmm. but the students were heroes too weren't they and and so they've come back and they're excited and they're um it's a new year um can you see it in the eyes of the littlest of the little the the new ones when they come back do they come into your media center yes <laughs> they're already checking out books well a lot of parents have um a new student in school or a student in a new school, what advice would you give to parents as we start this new school year? Everything is about communication. And personally, and um, I know this is a time consumer, but I feel better if I communicate with someone either on the phone or in person. Sometimes um, when when we do a lot of this texting, we, we do dojo texting back and forth. And um, it may not actually do it may not express the communication that's intended that sometimes text can be misunderstood and so um i personally think it's worth the investment to communicate if your child is having difficulties with something let your teacher know um you can send in a note you can send them a dojo message but then hopefully you can talk to to talk about some of the ways to help them if something is going well don't forget to tell them um you know, everybody's doing, the children are working very hard, the teachers are working very hard, the parents are working very hard, and we all appreciate each other. So we need to express that so that the good, the positive is being said as well as the the challenging information. Um, because of the past two years, we have a few more academic challenges. You know, we have some learning gaps to fill. And so that takes a lot of extra work. You know, the, the same expectations are in place that were in place three years ago, but we've got some some space in the middle that we're we're working on to fill in. And you mentioned learning gaps uh, or learning loss. Uh, is there a particular subject area that seems to have seen more of that at the elementary school level than than any other? I think what what I notice for a trend in data is that there doesn't seem to be as much of a middle. You know, at the bell curve, there's a there was a middle, and it seems these days like there are more that I. I don't understand or I really need some fundamental skills and then I've got this and I'm ready to move on. But there aren't as many that are kind of what I would call floundering in the middle. Um, So we're trying to meet all of their needs. And then, like I said, we're having people move from all over the nation. And so they come with a different set of schema. So you're having to explain some very basics um, that are kind of understood in our culture. You know, those we're we're Southerners. So um it's interesting, but it, they're doing a great job, and the kids are resilient. They work so hard. They try. Uh, children are, are, for the most part, they're teacher pleasers. You know, they're trying to do what you're asking them to do, and they'll do their very best, but they need a little bit of help, and that's when we get to teach. Mm-hmm. But they face challenges at home and at school both. Uh, what are the major challenges that you see with uh, your age students? I, Personally, I think we have some of our students aren't used to, I'm going to call them school expectations. Everybody's home is their normal. 
And so if you have a class of 20 children, you have 20 normals that could possibly be different than what is normal at school. And so the words that we use, the body language that we use, um, the manners that we use kind of have to be established and I'm going to call it as a school setting. But we hope that that will become a professional setting for the child someday. So they'll understand there's home and then there's, you know, there are other environments. Um, it might be a community center. It might be a church. It might be school. It might be a, an office. might be a store. But, you know, their society has some expectations. And um, we just want to make sure that the children have all the options that are available to them and that they're trained in what those expectations might look like. If we have parents or grandparents or guardians listening that want to get engaged with you, how can they do that? Oh, we go ahead, Laura. <laughs> um, we always welcome help at our school, and um, we book fair especially. I've got uh, two grandparents that are going to be helping with book fair. I I usually send out the invite to parents who've offered to volunteer and I say anybody in the family that can help you know we're willing to um, let them come in and and help whether it be reading with kids or helping with the book fair or a family night or something like that. Additionally I was speaking with um, Cookville Police Department the traffic division and they have unfilled crossing guard positions. And if there are people who would be confident in doing those Simple jobs, things like they're that. so important. But right now, I'm I'm helping direct traffic in the afternoons because we just don't have the manpower. And we have traffic that needs, it would be gridlocked if I weren't doing it. So um, so those types of positions, um, it's paid, you know, it's a paid position. It's not going to be... Um, it's not going to really supplement your retirement very much, but uh, but it's an important job and um and it sure is appreciated. So just ways like that that you know you yeah. can help. So there's some way to get engaged. Mm-hmm. We just encourage everybody to do it if if you can. Yes. This has been local matters, and we have been talking to Dr. Catherine Jones and Laura Shaver from Prescott South Elementary School. Thank you both so much for being with us, and we'll have you back again soon. Thank Thank you. you for having us.